Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to learn to earn with Tyler Chef. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you taking the time to come out, spend another 30 minutes or so with me. Let's get going getting you financially free. Now, in this episode, I want to talk specifically about leveraging your way into financial freedom. Okay, fear, as the title of the episode goes, using fear to reduce or using leverage to reduce fear, rather. <laughs> Not using fear, that's what the press does. We're talking about using leverage to reduce fear. In addition to that, I want to revisit fear itself and discuss how fear keeps us in financial jail. Now, I heard a quote recently that said, when you succumb to fear, you are under the illusion that you can predict the future. I'm going to say that again. When you succumb to fear, you are under the illusion that you can predict the future, which means you have decided that you can predict the future by saying that, well, I'm going to fail, or that's not going to work, or the seller won't take that offer, or that guy will never invest in my deal because I don't have any experience. You see, you are basically predicting the future. So by allowing fear to take you over, you're basically under the belief that you have the ability to predict the future. Now, obviously that sounds quite irrational as I say that, correct? You listen to the episode going, well, I guess that is what I'm saying, but it sounds a lot better in my brain when I'm <laughs> when my brain processes the thought, right? Well, let's start right there. Let's dissect that. The truth is, we cannot predict the future, yet we continue to do the same things over and over again, which really is inaction. We refuse to take action based on what we cannot predict. So do you see how illogical this is? Well, I'm not going to do something because I'll fail. How do you know you're going to fail? Well, I just know. Well, how do you know? I, I, I don't know. Well, if you're basing your lack of action on something that you don't know for sure, you're never going to get anywhere. And, and here's a good analogy. I realized that yeah, I've always, I've had a fear of flight since I used to think it was since September 11th. So I've been working with a coach to kind of go through this and, and process this to get over my fear of flying. I still fly. It doesn't stop me from flying. I just don't like the process. And during a flight, I'm very uncomfortable, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan. Well, recently, I've been able to, to cure myself of the fear of flight uh, through meeting with a coach and, and working through the process using a, a process called EMDR to help me revisit why I actually, what I'm actually fearing. And what I learned was it wasn't the flight that I was afraid of. It was the, a feeling of not being in control. And that was what really brought forth the fear, it was that I wasn't in control. 
And when I wasn't in control, it triggered, I identified that as a fear of flight. When in reality, my fear was not, had nothing to do with the flight. It was the fact that I wasn't in control because, gee, I don't know. I don't know how to fly a plane. I could get pretty good at flying my drone, but I don't see my drone taking me to Seattle anytime soon, right? So you've heard me say versions of this many times before. Yet many of you listening to this podcast have not taken any action towards your goal. Some of you have, and for, for those of you that have, I'm proud of you. Good job. But there are lots of you out there in podcast land that have not taken any action because you're crippled by fear. Now, first off, I completely understand where you're coming from in this regard. Totally get it. I, too, suffer from and did have suffered from this problem. The reality of it is everybody has fears of some, some magnitude. Anybody to say that they fear nothing, well, there must be numb or something. I don't know, but I have fears. Everybody has fears. The most important exercise I can do to help overcome this phenomenon is what I learned from Tony Robbins. But Tony advises that you recenter your focus on what will happen if you do not accomplish your goals. In this case, if you don't achieve financial freedom, and for me, that's a scary picture. That means that uh, my wife, as a lot of you know that we're on my webinar, we talked about Jill has MS. And our goal is to live life now because, as we found out a couple years ago, MS and the complications of it can kill you. And we lost my, wife, my sister-in-law to MS two years ago to complications that stem from MS. So that kind of changed things for me and made me realize that we need to go out and have fun now. I'm not going to wait to do things. I'm not going to wait to enjoy life until I'm 65 because I'll be too damn old to enjoy life by the time I'm 65, right? I want to have fun now. That, that way, when I'm 65, I can look back and go, well, that was cool and sit under a palm tree. But I'm not going to wait to have fun, wait to be free until I'm 65, I don't believe the mantra of I'm going to work my tail off until I'm 65 and then take a break and, oh, by the way, live on less money than I'm used to living on now. That doesn't make sense. I call that the great American lie. For me, the defining moment came right then and there. It was then that I realized if I don't take massive action towards achieving financial freedom, life for me will likely become a living hell of boredom Number one, and insecurity. Because I got to look at friends and family, look at my wife and go, well, sorry that we couldn't go see anything cool because I was too busy being lazy or being comfortable. Call it what you will. But the reality of it is I decided I need to put on my, my big girl pants and get out there. Yes, I said big girl pants. Get out there and take the action I need, whatever action that may be, to accomplish my goals and to get financially free. For me, when I focused on what would happen if I failed, the emotions that came from that thought process became my fuel. That was my rocket fuel. That is what powered me into where I am now. Okay. By focusing completely on what would happen if I failed, what I actually accomplished was I created emotional leverage within myself. Emotional leverage. In my opinion, emotional leverage is 
by far the most powerful leverage available. Now, I've never been the type of person that just wants to be average. Okay, I'll tell you that from the from right off right off the as we start. I never wanted to be just an average person, although I was raised to be humble and to fit in, so to speak, in in society. I was I was raised to you know kind of keep my mouth shut, go to work, go to college, get a degree. I didn't do that. Go get a job and work there for 40 years. I didn't do that either. So I've always been somewhat of a nonconformist. Although I was raised to be average, to be humble. Go, go learn a good trade. Go get a good job and a degree. Wrong. Being someone in a position to influence others is not a popular place to be in my family. I can tell you that. Those type of people were considered to be show-offs when I was growing up. The people on stage were the people that, well, they're just show-offs. You don't want to be like them. So I used to struggle with that. I was okay, believe it or not, with average until the internet came out. I will say this, after wasting far too much time on Facebook, I discovered the new definition of what average meant. Let me tell you, I didn't like that definition one bit. I knew I certainly wasn't going to go down that road. I didn't want to be that person that's pouring out their life and, and their heart on their sleeve and and just be the average American. I hate to say it that way, but I don't have a better way to say it. I just didn't want to go down that road. For me, the fear of becoming everything I did not respect was enough to light my fire and to keep it burning right up until today. You see, I just didn't want to be Joe Sixpack. And I, you know, I, I'm supposed to say that it's okay to be Joe Sixpack. Well, I don't think it is, frankly. If you want to be Joe Sixpack, knock yourself out. But I, for me, being Joe Sixpack isn't going to work because I need to be financially free so I can accomplish the goals within my family. That's a fact. Like it or lump it, the reason why you listen to the show is because I give you the facts. I skip the fluff and the bullshit, right? I get right to the facts. And the facts are, I'm not going to accept everybody else's idea as the American dream as my reality. That's a fact. I'm just not going to do it. And one of the most popular phrases that we hear today is that we all need to focus on our why. And if we do, everything will fall, just fall into place, right? Well, I'm here to tell you that although there's much truth to that, it certainly takes one hell of a lot more to get where you need to be. Okay? It takes one heck of a lot more time, action, to get where you need to be. Now, I don't want to take away from the fact of focusing on your why because that does have its importance. I even say that, and I do believe it. But it's not everything. It's not the whole enchilada. There's a lot more to it. Now, granted, focusing on our why, like I said, is very important, but we can't lose sight of the fact that we still have to take a massive amount of action to get where we want to be. With that said, I'm not suggesting that we have to take all the action ourselves. I mean, who has time for that, right? You're working a job. You're a single mom, single dad, or let's just say you're married and you guys are trying to have a date night, right? 
trying to squeeze that in. The kids, one kid's got soccer, the other one's got cheerleading. All these things take time. Being a parent is a is a large is a big responsibility as far as leveraging time. So these are things that you know you can't overlook. It you can't not go to Johnny's baseball team or baseball game because next thing you know, Johnny's going to wind up becoming some kind of nut job later in life. So we got to make sure that we show up to everything, go to all the cheerleading, go to the baseball. That's what you need to do, and that's the right thing to do. So I'm not suggesting that you take time away from your family because time with your family is very, very important. But what I am suggesting instead, what works even better than that is to harness the power of other people and leverage their time and their expertise to help you complete the tasks that are needed to get closer to your goals. And here's the thing, ladies and gents, when you do that, you can help other people get to where they need to be as well. Let's say your attorney wants to achieve financial freedom. For that to be the case, the attorney, she needs or he needs more clients. So maybe the attorney can go out and buy their income property or do whatever they're going to do with their proceeds to help them achieve their goals. Your roofer, your property manager, all these people around you, all the support services all have individual needs and goals by you retaining them for their services, you can help them get through those goals. Now, a lot of you are probably listening going right now going, well, that's great, Tyler, but here's the problem. I can't afford to bring somebody else on the team right now because it costs money. And money is just something I happen to be a little short on, right? And if I had the money, I would need it to invest in real estate in the first place. So what do I do when I don't have the money to build a team? Now, first off, I want you to know that I'm not suggesting you go out and hire a bunch of employees and just hope things will work. That idea will run any small business into bankruptcy. You can, however, still leverage the time and resources of others on an as-needed basis in a way that can be contingent on the sale of the property. A good example of this is by hiring a buyer's agent to assist you when you're finding some opportunities, right? There are, There is such a thing as buyer's agents that have a specialty in working with investors. They're out there. You just got to beat the bushes and find them. So that said, I'm training some buyer's agents right now for that very same thing. For people that want investment properties, they want to own them themselves. They don't want to participate in an investment with somebody as a partner per se. And they need rock-solid real estate Agents, I am training agents for that very function right now as we speak. Stay tuned. If you are looking for rental property, here's my commercial, in the Tampa Bay area, and you are a qualified buyer, and by qualified buyer, please don't come to me and say, I'm broke, I have no money, and the IRS is going to throw me in jail for tax evasion. That's not my idea of a qualified buyer. If you are bankable, which means you can qualify for a mortgage, you're willing to do the work to qualify for a mortgage, then great, give us a call. We'll hook you up, and we will help you discover opportunity. I'll get off my soapbox on that. Many real estate attorneys, folks, they're going to ask for a small retainer, a grand, maybe 1500 who knows, maybe a couple grand, whatever, and you can pay the balance at closing. 
They don't need all the money up front in a lot of cases. And frankly, even if they do, you can simply ask the question, hey, can I give you 500 now and then 500 at closing? You don't know. You can't say this is like saying the seller won't accept the offer. You don't know until you ask the question. But I think what you might find is in a lot of cases, they're going to be okay with this. Because here's the deal. <laughs> if you don't pay them, I'm pretty sure they have a, a clue on how to collect the money, right? They're attorneys. They'll just sue you. So as long as you're operating in good faith and they're not blindly billing you for learning how to, to be a real estate attorney, then you're good to go. I believe in leveraging your network. And here's what I mean by that. Let's say there's you and two other people out there that are all relatively new to real estate investing. Let's say that you met them at a real estate function. You guys have had lunch. Your girls have had lunch a couple times and you've built some rapport and Maybe it makes sense for you guys to divide up the individual responsibilities required by a property or by a portfolio or a future portfolio and share those responsibilities equally or as close to equal as possible. Let's say you've got three of you that have a similar amount of knowledge. One of you might have a real estate attorney on retainer, right? Somebody may have a little bit more money than the other person. Y'all got decent credit. Maybe it makes sense for you guys to come up with a mutually agreed upon investor identity and then go as a team and trudge forth looking for opportunity. Logic would dictate if you've got three people out there pounding the pavement looking for opportunity instead of one, your odds are much better, correct? After all, a third of something is better than 100% of nothing, correct? Think about that for a minute. A third of something is far better than 100% of nothing. No, Tyler, I don't want to share. I, I, I want it all myself. Okay, and I check in with you in two years and you're still broke. Well, there's a problem. Meanwhile, the person that invested some time developing relationships with others found some people to do business with and off they go. This is why I love hosting my cash flow events. It provides an opportunity for like-minded people to gather and discuss what they need and what they have to offer. So hopefully they can collaborate towards one common goal. I find far too many people operate in a scarcity mentality instead of an abundance mindset. If you can forge relationship with like-minded people and build trust with them over time, you can easily build a powerful investing alliance. And let me tell you, I speak from experience. When you are working within an, inv an investment alliance, you can get a lot of work done. You can buy a lot of property and you can escape the rat race a lot quicker versus doing it yourself. I've done it both ways. It is much easier, much faster doing it with others. What do they say? Building wealth is a team, team sport. Now, please understand that many cases, if let's say there are three people, one or two people may not have as much money as the third person. Now, in that case, Perhaps maybe the other two could provide more time and more skills. Maybe that will help equalize the equation as far as the contributors. Okay? It doesn't necessarily mean that each person, there's no, there's no rule out there that says that each person, you know, to buy a $100,000 house, everybody's got to bring $33,333.33. It could be broken up. Let's say somebody's going to manage the rehab. Well, that has value because that takes time. Frankly, in my opinion, I think time is more valuable than money because 
you can go earn more money, but you certainly can't go earn more time. You're only given so much time on this earth. And every minute, it's ticking away. Okay? So, maybe it looks like this. And this is just a suggestion. But just maybe it looks like this. You can't come up and say that in every case, everybody's going to have everything to offer equally. Maybe sometimes you're doing a little bit more work than everybody else. Maybe somebody's doing more work than you in the next deal. Maybe it all balances out in the wash. What that specifically looks like, only you're going to know because you actually have to do the work, have the conversation, and negotiate a win-win for everybody on the investment side. Okay, have the conversation with the partners. Hey, so um, I don't have $33,000 to put into this deal. I got 20 grand, but here's what I can do to make up for the extra 13. How about I manage the managers on this deal? Which means you guys can be hands off. I'll be hands on. And that will, and if you guys can give me credit for that and we'll count that worth worthy of $13,000, I'll manage, I'll take 100% responsibility for the property for the first two years or whatever you work out, six months, a year, 10 years, doesn't matter. It's whatever makes sense between the parties. Because time, ladies and gentlemen, is a commodity. Leverage, believe it or not, is something that we as investors often forget is available for our use. Many people think that leverage directly ties to the using the bank's money. That's all you think about. Oh, I'm using the bank's money, I'm leveraging. But they forget about the ability to leverage other people's time, other people's knowledge, other people's resources. That doesn't always necessarily mean cash, folks. As the old saying goes, it takes a village to raise a child. And as I've said many times before, including in this episode, it takes a village to build a portfolio. Without my go-to lender, the investors in my database, my real estate attorneys, my title company, my SEC compliance attorney, and the other people on my team, let's not forget my property management companies, I would not be able to accomplish a darn thing. If it weren't for my marketing team that helps me produce this podcast and distribute it out to you, there'd be nothing for you to listen right now. Because I know from experience, I have been the person that recorded the episode, wrote the show notes, did the editing, did the marketing for the podcast, did all the, the back end. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. That's why I had to start subletting a lot of that stuff out. I have a marketing team that sends it out for me now. So I can focus on just creating the content. As a real estate investor, you are or should be someone who's responsible for providing clean, safe, affordable housing to those that need it. For me, this means essentially that you have a responsibility to succeed because let's be honest, if you fail, other people are going to suffer. Sorry, I don't want to put more weight on your shoulders. But by suffer, that could mean they're forced to live in a place owned by a slumlord instead of you. And some people are thinking, listen to that, going, you know, it's not my fault that they live with a slumlord. Well, maybe if, you, if you're not out there doing it right, if you're not out there providing clean, safe, affordable housing, maybe you could use that as motivation to get your butt in gear, to get out there and show them the right way to do it, to actually bring value to the marketplace. So maybe... If somebody, if slumlords exist, it's because there's no one out there to give them a run for their money. And maybe that's your fault. 
How about that? That said, how about the completion after the completion of this episode? You get a sheet of paper and start to write down the team members that you feel you need to be successful. Next to those titles, I'll give you 30 days. Next to those titles in the next 30 days, fill in a specific name to go with the titles. Here's what I mean. Real estate attorney. So my list, we'll run down my, my list. Now granted, people on my list are location dependent. So we'll say real estate attorney, Sean Yesner, great guy, used him many times, great attorney. Real estate agent, Chevelle Mills, Erm Lucanic. Buyers agents that are working with me, right? Title company, insured title, person specific, Lisa, an insured title, Lisa Vitale, fantastic at what she does. Title company, or I'm sorry, mortgage broker, Frank Cotto. He's my go-to guy in the state of Florida. Property manager, Danny Quinn. Bookkeeper, Michael Jones. Social media marketing, Alicia Jones. No, they're not on the same people. But folks, do this exercise. Write out the team members that you feel you need and then take action to fill in who those are. And this is a very small list. By actually writing down the name and what specific roles you'll need to help build your portfolio, you're going to have a far greater chance of actually accomplishing your goals. I know it sounds cliche for me to sit here and say, write down your goals and they'll happen, but I'm here to tell you from experience, this is true fact. Write it down and it will happen. If you don't write it down, I can almost guarantee it's not going to happen. Almost guaranteed. So just take the action. And write it down. Folks, I hope you found value in this week's episode. I hope that you're going to take action. You're going to make that list of team members. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go to cashflowguys.tv. Cashflowguys.tv. That takes you directly to my YouTube channel. Cashflowguys. So it's not .com. Cashflowguys. .tv instead of .com. That'll take you directly to my YouTube channel. Got videos coming in there. All kinds of stuff is going to be posted up there. Make sure you subscribe. That way you're notified. notified. I can't talk today when I put out new videos. That information is there for you. That's why we're doing it. We're also taking the time to add closed captioning so that you can watch the videos even if you don't have your, can't have your volume on. So a lot of the videos are going to have captions on them, subtitles, so that you can see in the bottom what I'm saying if you can't listen. Like, you know, if you're at work and you're not paying attention or your husband's talking to you and you really don't care what he's saying, you'd rather hear me talk instead, then you could just look at the screen <laughs> and you can see what I'm saying. So you still get the value. I'm just kidding about that one, folks. I don't need any hate mail on that one. But um, appreciate you coming out this week. I hope you found value. Like I said, make sure that and I'm going to ask. I hate asking for this, but. I need you to like and subscribe. If you are whatever podcast player that you're on, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, any of those, iTunes, please give us a review. That helps me know that you're listening, number one, when I get reviews. Uh, let me know what you want to hear. Go to info at cashflowguys.com. Send an email to info cashflowguys.com. Let me know what things, what steps you need specifically to get you going in the right direction. I'll make an episode about that. So with that, 
Hope you have a great week, and we will catch up with you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.